Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Game time decisions. Louisville's a sleazy operation in the sense that, like you stated, you got Papa John's. They have to change the name of the stadium for Papa John's Stadium. Patino suing the university. I think the university's suing Patino. The players are suing the NCAA. Sounds like government. It's a cesspool of everybody is just suing everybody. Not, in this. Like the only people that aren't suing anyone is Patino's not suing his players, and they're not suing him. Sounds like a night on CNN. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio has begun. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Moretzi alongside the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. There's actually quite a lot of stuff going on right now. Major League Baseball trade deadline has just expired. And uh, it's pretty damn busy. Big time. Big players, too. Could be causing some uh, DFS chaos. It's chaos. We can't have chaos around here. Uh, We embrace chaos. (laughs) It's like Jared Allen once told me, embrace conflict. Uh, Jared yeah. Allen. Uh, former pro- Viking great. Yeah, yeah. Although I did say something very stupid to him. At the end of the, like the, the interview went very, uh, very well. Yeah. And um, I forget. I don't know. I think he might have been buddies with Kyle Turley or he yeah. was buddies with like a regular guest of mine. So. The interviews, the interview was all laughs and oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, was, good times. Yeah, and he was telling me about like uh, you know conflict is good, and he got a big tattoo on his back, his entire back. It says embrace conflict. So at the end, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. You and me and Kyle will get together for a beer sometime, man. You know, in the off season. Yeah. And uh, I don't drink. No, 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 man. He got arrested for like drunk driving, like oh, like ten days earlier. Oh God. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> I, I I do stuff like that. Too. Yeah, listen, I'm not, I'm not claiming to be perfect. Right? No, yeah, I'm, 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 I've, made, I've made mistakes hey, over the years. Colleagues of ours, we talked about. I remember things have happened on the road about. Uh, uh, there have been bad situations. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, bad questions can yeah, be asked. Like uh, people at who times. passed away, we didn't know about, and you know, yeah, just bad things happen, buddy. Yeah, it, it happens. Yeah, it could be worse. That I said to Jared Allen, we yeah. should grab a beer. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> Just, we, should grab, we should grab a beer. I just realized, like, after, right after, I was like, oh, man. Oh, he's got dude, dude got arrested. Uh, like, for, no. I, I think he got suspended even, like, for like no, no beers. I think it was actually, like, a repeat type of Oh, like thing. it, it yeah. happened before? Yeah. So I was basically encouraging a drunk driver. Yeah, yeah, let's go and get some beers, man. Let's go. Let's go and get some beers. All right, so I'm Gabriel Renzi along on the Raging Reddit Camp Stewart. Uh, big man on campus, Jeff Nadu. Uh, will join us uh, in about uh, 20 minutes' time. George Kurtz uh, will join us a little bit later on. It's been a little while since we've spoken to Kurtz. Actually, since uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, 
uh, I believe, in which uh, Kurtz, as a New York Islander fan as well, was uh, number one convinced that Tavares would stay yeah. and uh, do hoping, hoping, <laughs> hoping he'd stay. that Tavares would stay. Uh, but that feels like, uh, you know, ages ago. We'll get uh, George's uh, take on the Major League Baseball trade deadline. As we mentioned, there's been a lot of movement. Uh, one pitcher that just got traded, Chris Archer. Chris Archer dealt from the Tampa Bay Rays to the Pittsburgh Pirates, a Pittsburgh Pirate team that you wouldn't have expected to be in business. Exactly. But uh, they've won 16 of their last 19 games. They're in business now. They're open for business. (laughs) They sure are. Yar. Yeah, no, I I like the fact it's always, you know, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the big dogs. It's it's nice to see the Pirates land a a quality arm. It's it's good for baseball. Really, um, you know, it really, really um, changes the dynamic of tonight's baseball game as well. They're already playing the Cubs. Already yeah. like a monster game, monster series. The Pirates are right in the playoff mix uh, right now. And if you're if you're a Pittsburgh uh, Pirate uh, fan, you're like, man, we just got Chris Archer. Like the the Pirates sent a message. No, no, we're trying to win, guys. Like let's let's do this. Also sends a message to the clubhouse. Everyone in the clubhouse right now in Pittsburgh, man. They're like, did you hear? We just got Chris Archer. Good vibes. Like even the Dodger players were like overly excited when they found out Manny Machado was going there. Provides just that shot in the arm. But hey, the Cubs are the Cubs. They got Cole Hamels too a couple of days ago, right? They they do. It's going to be a nice. Who'd you rather get? I'd rather have Archer. I think Chris Archer's a better pitcher. Yeah, I don't know. Cole Hamels. I think. I think overall, who do I want in their careers right now? Archer. Archer. He is a free agent. So is, yeah. Cole, so is Cole Hamill. So these are all sort of mini rentals. Yeah. But thing with Chris Archer, some interesting numbers here, if you're wondering. And you're like, oh, Chris Archer's not great. All right. Uh, look at uh, this is Chris uh, Chris uh, Archer in his career. Versus the American League East, he's got an ERA of 4.02. All right. Against everybody else, he's got an ERA of 3.40. Exactly. Against the American League East, his whip is 1.28. Against everybody else, it's 1.18 uh, strikeouts per nine innings in, you know, versus uh, American League East Division opponents, 9.3 against everybody else, 10. Wow. So you look at the numbers. His numbers, clearly he was hindered by pitching against the Yankees all the time, pitching against the Red Sox all the time at Fanaway. Yeah, horrible at parks. Yankee horrible Stadium. parks for pitching. You know, the Orioles in, in recent years have always had good hitters. Yep. Camden's a hitter's park. Yep. The Blue Jays, the Rogers Center, hitter's park. You know, he really hasn't, you know, ever really pitched yeah. in, you know, pitcher's he, parks. He must be loving this, getting out of that division. That's that's a career saver. Yes, it, yes and no, but at the same point in time, out of all the divisions you're going to, you're going to Cincinnati, which is a sandbox. you got to deal with Wrigley and the Chicago yeah. Cubs. Depends on the yeah. wind. It could be but, really interesting. But it is easier to pitch. Pitchers have better numbers in the National League than they do the American that League. That is true. So massive, massive deal here. Uh, for the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates. Uh, this is really surprising because this team usually really doesn't do anything and they don't have any money. Um, so it's kind of a surprise that the L.A. Dodgers pick somebody up. <laughs> yeah. The, do- the Dodgers, <laughs> That's all you know, they do. The Dodgers are like the Royals. You know, they're just a small budget operation and they do what they can do. <laughs> the Dodgers got a really fat, fat wall. You said you brought up the best point before the show too. It's like the Dodgers get these guys, but 
they don't seem to lose great players or whatever. It's like they seem to pick the right prospects, and they're so deep. And man, it's just uh, and even picking up Dozier, I think, is well, a great look, move. Defe- Brian Dozier's at, a good good ball player. If you look at the LA Dodgers, they got Manny Machado, of course, and um, they didn't lose anybody off of the roster. Yeah. Now they get, um, you know, they bring in uh, Brian Dozier. Now they did lose some people off the roster, but. You know what? As a uh, Dodger fan, I'm not uh, crying, and I don't wish the guy any ill will, but I'm glad you're not going to be hitting into double plays and causing the end of innings anymore. Bye-bye, Logan uh, Forsythe. <laughs> <laughs> you've, always had a, you've always had an issue with that LF. <laughs> Logan Forsythe's not your guy. He's always been the weak link. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He's the weak link. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you look at the Dodgers lineup all the time, it's like, I, uh, all right. it's like yeah, Peterson can go deep here. Yeah, Ballinger's yeah. good. You know, you'll seal Puig. Okay. Yeah. Muncy's good. Yeah, Muncy can get you. Like, you, you go, Matt Kemp can get you. And it's always like, I swear to God, you know how many times, dude? It's been like, I, I bet on a Dodger game and I need runs. It's like bases loaded. I'm like, oh, man. Here comes Forsyth. Freaking Forsyth. <laughs> and, like, all he'll need is, like, a sacrifice. He'll pop up and, he, you know, he'll pop up in foul territory in the infield. It's like, dude, like, you know, no, really. Like, he's always been a problem. Brian Dozier's a nice upgrade here. I will admit, I was unaware of this, actually, until I saw this on ESPN during the trade deadline uh, blitz. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, Cam, but in the last five seasons, Brian Dozier has hit more home runs than any other second baseman by far. By far. Yeah, no, Brian Dozier had those couple years with the Twins where he was absolutely raking. In the last five years, Brian Dozier has 143 home runs, 38 more than any other second baseman in the league. Mm. Our boy, uh, Scope. Oh, Jonathan uh, Scope or Shope? Yeah, yeah, Shope. 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 (laughs) Jonathan Scope, he's in my lineup tonight. (laughs) Shope's actually been red hot. Yes, yes, very, very, very sizzling. He's sizzling, and has great numbers against Tanaka. Yeah, but, just, but the Dozier is an abs. That's the thing. Like you look at Dozier's frame, Gabe. One hundred and five. Yeah, you know, but he is a he Robinson really Cano. One hundred and one. Yep. He's only been suspended for a little while. Roughnet or Doors hit ninety eight home yep. runs in this span. He's at one hundred and forty three. Dozier is an animal, and and also Dozier will look a lot better now that he's sandwiched in with these other guys in this lineup. Oh yeah, I think it's actually one of the most underrated moves of the trade deadline. That guy's been stuck in Minnesota with that team for a while. They never get over the hump. He needed to change and to go into that lineup. Like, well, if you're you him, Chad it's, is it's, having, he must be thrilled right yeah. now. Like, you're, you're it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Look, he's been in Minnesota forever. He has. You know, it's it's not easy just flipping cities. Yep. And no, even if you're an ultra rich person, it's like he's been rooted there, yep. his family, and you know the whole nine yards. And now suddenly. It's a big difference between uh, being in Minneapolis yeah, yeah. and being in Hollywood. Great, great Los lakes Angeles. to Hollywood. That's like the biggest change. Yeah, you talk about like craziness. That's like the polar opposite. Yeah. Going from Minnesota. They to also LA. went to where everyone in the stands is nice to where that yeah. was like Dozier. Hey Dozier, yeah, you better get it done. We just <laughs> yeah. traded for you, right? Don't like, be a Forsyth. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think? Actually, one of the better unheralded moves. And unheralded, I don't know. I haven't heard, we haven't had an opportunity to hear people talk about this yep. stuff because it just happened a couple of minutes ago. But a deal that I actually like here is uh, the Philadelphia Phillies getting Wilson Ramos. Wilson Ramos uh, from the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Nice, nice acquisition uh, here right now. And, you know, I, here's another player, too, and Wilson Ramos, who has had a nice year, who you know kind of flew under the radar. You look at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is clearly um, they've tapped today. 
Oh yeah, Today, Archer's yeah. gone. Wilson Ramos is gone. <laughs> you said, yeah, exactly. But, they were battling. But watch, too. watch. I know. The thing is, they won like seven of their I last know. games. Watch, they'll continue to do it. Some teams are like that. The Rays are like this. The what? Rays can trade everybody, and they'll they'll still be what? eighty-one and eighty-one. That's just who what who the they are. The fact that the Rays are starting this closer starting routine, like you know, don't not even having the fifth starter, yeah, but it's caught on around baseball there. now. Yeah, I know. Other it's, teams are doing that's it. the thing. It works. It's working for them, and, and and it's being successful. They're having a guy throw three or four. Boom, new guy comes in. It's been good. It actually does work. It really works. And you know it, why? It, because Kevin Cash the, is the other it's team. Worked. They don't know. The other team's caught off guard. You're, they're facing new pitchers every two exactly. innings. It's a pain in the ass. Like, good hitters will, like, if Stanek's going five innings, they'll might, get to he, him. He might get someone out in the first time, yeah, but whatever. The second time or Manny third. Machado or someone in the second yep. time will be like, all right, I know what he's going to do now. What's Stanek doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, boom. But now you get him out after two innings. I know. And you get, you get uh, yeah. Yarbrough. Yarbrough's good, man. And that's the thing. He's Yarbrough, in there for three, he, four innings. He's a lefty, too, right, Gabe? So they mix yeah. it up. They go, like, it is doing... frustrating for other teams. They don't like it. No, when you like, watch Rays games. Teams don't like playing this little I starter that. by rote, you no, know, by committee it. thing. They were shutting down good teams, too. Like Houston, that might. I know they have power outages. They weren't getting runs. Like the big hitting teams, when even Boston came in there, they had some problems with it could change. Could it's going to change baseball. Could change things too, because also you know what it does, Ken. You're saving money. You don't have yeah. to pay some big, big arms because a starting pitcher in baseball, even a crappy one, generally about fifteen million dollars a year. It's funny when the Jays try it though; it doesn't work. No. <laughs> The Jays they throw axe for they throw axe for a couple, then yeah. they put Santos L. Helper there, and he gives up seven. Like that guy, that guy's a train wreck. Yeah, uh, he's but, a bad uh, pitcher. Yeah, to me, the Wilson Ramos, nice move by the Philadelphia Phillies. That is good. He's a great hit. And great you compare hit. Ramos's numbers uh, to the Phillies catcher's numbers, so uh, he's hitting two ninety seven. Fantastic. The catchers they have now hitting two forty four. Mm-hmm. He's got fourteen home runs. Their platoon nothing. of catchers has ten home runs. He's got 53 RBIs. The catchers they had had 35 RBIs. He has an 834 OPS. They had a 709 OPS. Like, the Phillies just upgraded their catcher position immensely. Yeah. He's been one of the best catchers this year. By, like, a time and a half type thing. By, like, one and a half almost. Wilson Ramos has been great. And they already have pop in that lineup. So now that's, you go to Hoskins Hoskins and Franco and these other guys. Hernandez. Yeah, Hernandez. Um they have a lot of good hitters in Philly. Yeah, Philly's Philly's the real They're, deal. A lot of teams. It's scary. Like you just look at all up and down this lineup every, and then they picked up a uh, uh, Aaron Loop from the Jays too. You know, just an extra arm in the bullpen. The, the, the Phillies, they, they're going for it. It's not. It's nice to see that. Uh, you know, I, I like to see teams like Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, not just the big guns, not just the guys with all sorts of money, actually trying to make a move and going for it. So very, very good. Uh, Trade deadline so far. It's been great. Speaking of one team that did it, actually, I guess the Boston Red Sox just they're they, staying pat. They got a good team. They, they, they they're just a great must team. figure. Why mess with their chemistry? The Dodgers do too, but the Dodgers just seem like they're they're, they're always tinkering. Yeah, yeah, they're always obsessed with. Well, you know, we can upgrade here, and you know, we'll worry about that later. Like the Dodgers, yeah. like actually have good players on the bench now. They do. Like they're they're actually that deep where you know they needed an upgraded second base. Um, the the Seager injury really sort of threw everything off. But you figure that bringing Manny Machado in would have been enough for them. But no. Dodgers never satisfied. <laughs> hey, man, when you get a taste and you go to game seven, think about it. And you're a longstanding Dodger fan. You're so close. You're well, so close. close. They're very close, right? That's They're so right you got to go for it. You got to keep on. You got to keep on going. And if you notice, look, they bring Manny Machado in. Now they bring in Dozier. They're bringing in guys with experience. 
winners. Yeah, they want guys, you know, like a Turner. All right, in the playoffs, because those are going to be able to get us that single, that double. It's not just about a home run. He's going to make the play at second base, and he's going to be able to drive in this yep. run that we he will. usually we didn't get driven in before. Yep. Because that's one thing, too. It is tough. When you're living with Jock Peterson, and he swings for the fences, like the yeah. young kids. Yasiel Puig's not a contact guy. No, he's like, all or nothing. Like, you can't really tell Yasiel, listen, we need you to hit it to the left side of the outfield. It's a really good observation. Like, he's going to just sort of be wild up there, and you Do- live with it, right? Dozier is a guy that will do anything. He can hit He can hit you to the gaps for doubles. He can get you a clutch single. He can go deep. He's a professional the hitter. The Dodgers last year in the World Series, they all tried to play hero ball. Yeah. And it was tough because that son of a bitch, Darvish, put us in. Uh, Darvish was the problem. He like hit, his he, both he starts we were down 5 oh, nothing exactly. right away. So the Dodgers had to swing for the fences in two of the games. And it sort of just caught on where it's like, man, they were always just sort of playing from behind. He, Remember when know? Darvish pitched for Texas, Houston was thinking about they knew he was tipping pitches. He got rocked. It's funny because A-Rod and Darvish and Darvish's agent are in a little tiff uh, right now. A-Rod basically called Darvish gutless. And uh, Darvish's agents, like, uh, yeah, you're one to talk, (laughs) A-Rod. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Morancy alongside the Raging Red at Camp Stewart. One player that was not traded was Bryce Harper. Uh, there was talk that Bryce Harper potentially might get dealt, which honestly I don't really think would have been a bad thing to do. I agree. I think it should, it, there's something wrong there. He's not re-signing in Washington, yeah. number one. And number two, do you yeah. really want to re-sign him? No, you don't. Like, he's been there forever. You haven't won. There's obviously, yes, like, you know, I, you either you trade him, you get some prospects, yes. and then you've got $25, $30 million to sign another superstar if you want. I agree. You know, 100%. And, and, I, and, it's and, not, and I don't think he's going to be worth the money that he's going to be asking for. Oh, no, he's lost value. Yeah, yeah tons of value. Like, if well, I'm I remember, a general manager, I'm two not years paying ago, this guy what he wants. Two not years close. ago, he was aiming for $500 million. <laughs> Give me a A-Rod was the yeah. first 250 guy. He wanted to be the first 500 guy. Yeah. Him and, unfortunately, may rest in peace, Jose Fernandez. Yes. Who would have been a free oh, agent yeah. now, too. Wicked. Pitch. So they were sort of saying, yeah, Fernandez, he's probably going to be worth about $50 million a year by that time. And Harper had the same visions. No, now, now no. it's like, dude, no, not even close. No, like now you're looking at 180, 200. Yeah. <laughs> like it's still, I, 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 still I, I, a lot. But see, yeah, the Yankees will come along. You know, the Yankees will offer him. 
Hey, Bryce. Six million, a hundred and eight, two hundred. He'll get big money, but he's not getting that. I don't even know if he gets the two fifty. Actually, to be honest with you. So speaking of a rod, and let's bring a big man on campus, uh, Jeff Nadu. In are you are you with us, big man? How are you guys? Hey, good, good stuff, good big, stuff man. big man. Good stuff. So I know you're a Yankee fan, actually, big man. So we'll start off with this. This is interesting. So Alex Rodriguez, of course, for a half of you that uh, couldn't answer the question, who's the Sunday night baseball crew during our trivia contest? <laughs> <laughs> Alex Rodriguez is one of the members of the baseball crew. I, I can actually name all three. Go uh, ahead. Matt Vaskersian, Mendoza, and yeah. A-Rod. She's cute. And Buster Olney. I like that. Yeah. yeah, very. She has a great job. All right. So uh, it's too bad we can't give you the tickets, big man. Contest is over. Yeah, contest is over. <laughs> Sunny Sunny Bats in New York one. Uh, who's actually? Yeah, he was actually a cool dude. Actually, yeah. he's a regular. So, so a Roger in the Cub Cardinal game uh, the other night was talking about you um, Darvish, and uh, he said, "So uh, Darvish, uh, I guess he'll let the team know when he's ready." Which let me just tell you what means to a clubhouse. You lose respect quickly. And my concern for him, because he's a great young talent, is it may take two or three years or four years. You might never get that back. When you have a guy that signs an enormous contract and he's sitting down and you walk into the training room and he's got two trainers working on him, you go into the video room and you've got a guy looking at video, he should be in Arizona somewhere getting treated. Don't get in the way of 25 players going after one mission to win a baseball game. All right. Um, you Darvish's uh, agent uh, didn't uh, didn't didn't appreciate uh, the comments. <laughs> so uh, Joel Wolf, you Darvish's agent, says uh, if this would have come from a credible journalist, maybe I'd show some some concern. But it came from Arod, so we're paying little attention. I think it was classless, bordered on unprofessional to take a little nugget of somewhat exaggerated information from one person that maybe Darvish had a history with and turning that into uh, a spokesman for the entire team. And um, then he goes on to uh, say um, he wasn't hiding out in Mesa, Arizona at the spring training complex or back home like you did, A-Rod, when you were suspended. (laughs) Zing. What do you think, Ken? What? I I like it. it. But then the thing is, you look at what Darvish has done, he's been a train wreck. He's 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 been bad, very very bad. He doesn't it all. It's, he doesn't have it anymore, Gabe. I'd be very very concerned. One that, thing I wonder too, when Arod says ERA, when, like when he says five, says you Darvish is a good young player. He's not Darvish, young. Darvish's been around a while. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's another. And, and and with the injuries and stuff, how young is he? Look, as I stated, my deal with Darvish is, I never had an issue with him, but he went to Los Angeles, cost the Dodgers the World Series, two horrific starts, and then, and then he taught. Yeah, no, but then he talked, he talked after about it. Like, oh, I can't wait to face the Dodgers. Like, we screwed him. Yeah, yeah. You screwed us. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm sorry we didn't want to re-sign you after because you, you cost us the World Series. But, you know, then he's got a chip on his shoulder. Then he gets hurt right away. So I guess some guys, some guys in the Cubs clubhouse, uh, big man, are sort of grumbling, you know? When's this guy ever going to be ready to pitch? We gave him $126 million. That's a lot of dope. I don't know. I could sort of see. I could see players in the. I think A Rod's right. Actually, I think this is just an instance in which A Rod actually t- told something like it is in a clubhouse yep. on television, and a player and a player's agent couldn't take it. That's the way I look at this. What's your take, Big Man? 
Yeah, but I, I don't know that it's really A Rod's place. I, I mean, I, if this was a, a beat reporter or somebody like that, then I think we would take a little bit more credibly, like the the agent said. Uh, obviously, I, I don't know. It's it kind of on one end. I am, if I'm Cubs fan, irritated because you give him all this money and he hasn't really done anything for you. It bothered me, and maybe it's bothering some of the players and people in the organization. But I don't know if it's A Rod's place to discuss this. Um, if this was a big thing, I'm sure it would come out uh, through the beat writers, and, and I don't think anyone would have an issue with it. But I don't think it's really a right. It's kind of like that kid in school just spreading rumors that may be true, may not be true. With his place, with the the, the spot that he's on, I mean, a lot of people are listening to that. Uh, it is a bit classless, and I, I, I do somewhat agree with the agent. But I do agree that it is fairly irritating as well. I just don't think a right should be the one telling everyone that. He's modern. He's, he's working for ESPN. If he decides to break a story, he's breaking a story. He's, it's his job. That's to, kind to, of the to thing. That's kind of thing, big man. Yeah, I was, I, I was take, taking it from a different approach. Of I'm actually happy a player yeah, would do it is, rather than a beat reporter. The thing what is, you, though, but you, a beat a beat a, a beat guy, big man, wouldn't get the same info that a Rod yes. would get. Alex so, Rodriguez is, is more respected than a beat guy to a player. Yeah, but now, like what if to, to a player. So A Rod, yeah, but Buster only the players aren't going to tell the, the same stuff that they'll tell A Rod. Like A Rod can walk in there, and people might think A Rod's an asshole, and they might think yeah, this and that. Yeah. A Rod's one of the best players in the history of baseball, and a lot of players look up to him. So when A Rod sits down with a guy, if he sits down with a uh, Rizzo or a Brian or a John Lester, you he'll know, tell him more Buster exactly. Only. He'll go, oh, man, Darvish is, man, this guy's just every day in the weight room. <laughs> same bullshit. He's never, you know, he's never going to be ready. Yeah. He gets yeah. stuff that they wouldn't open up to. They don't open up, trust me, they, they don't open up to beat writers. They do open up to former players, and especially guys that. Why do you think more former players are getting in the radio and TV business and stuff a lot of the time? They just, uh, they, they, that's what the players will talk to them more. That's some just regular guy a lot of the time. They'll give him more information. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. I wonder, like, you know, was this, like, just overheard and he kind of broke trust and just went and said this? Or did someone go up to him and say, listen, uh, between me and you, uh, you know, this is what's going on. Um, I don't know. It would kind of break trust, I feel like, between people. But I guess if this person told him to say it, then I guess it is his place. And I guess you don't really think about that because no one really takes those three seriously. We just kind of – turn them down and, and try to focus on the game. But um, I guess A-Rod is putting out some pretty decent information that comes straight from the clubhouse. Well, and they generally don't want that. Like Cam saying that that's why sure. players. Well, players yeah. generally get these jobs because they'll kiss the ass of the team, yeah. right, and the entire – the league. Especially I'm if sure his kid wasn't happy about it. If you want to be a national person – you don't keep your job. If you a great example is uh, Sean McDonough. Sean sure. McDonough is a great play-by-play guy. He's one of the best play-by-play guys in in the business. Look at the gigs that he's lost. He was the major league. He he did World Series and stuff. He would be critical of umpires. Yep. And that's a horrible call. And that's NFL football, Monday Night Football. He was the most critical yep. guy ever. He would be like, the league really has horrible officiating. Something's yeah. got to get corrected. Next thing you know, man, he, he gone. guy's doing Big Ten football, right? Like, he's always just sort of been honest. And then you, you look at guys, you know, like, um, you know, like Phil Simms stayed on the, you know, yeah. on the air forever. Company C- man. Chris, Chris Collins were a good example. Chris Collinsworth knows football inside out. I mean, he runs that website, the Pro Football Focus. He knows football, but 
every time there's a, t- a, a, a tough call, ah, gee, sucks. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I'm just glad I'm not a referee because that could go either way. <laughs> I, gee, I don't know. You know, I can see why they would do it that way. I can see why they do it this way. I, God, I just love this game, though. Now let's right? bring it like that's, that's that's what you got to do. You can't be like, you know what? That's a horrible call. Like, you know, the league's got to get it together. Like, you'll never hear Collinsworth say that. But, uh, gee, shucks, it's a tough one, you know? But that's why no one likes Collinsworth, because he just plays along with everything. <laughs> like, people like realness, Gabe. I think that's one of the reasons they like you, know, you yeah, and Camp. You're very realistic on yeah, – you know, I know, you're not – you know, Look, we tried like to do game. we we tried to do the CFL. Yeah, it was too. Uh, we were too real for them. Even like yeah. that's the thing you can't be real like in, in that mainstream realm. So I actually don't mind a Rod actually saying, you know what, yeah. I was in the clubhouse and this is what I heard. It's refreshing, you know. A, you know, a Rod's like I said, a Rod's a Rod has enough credibility from a baseball perspective for me uh, to to back that up. You know, you look at Tommy Hutton, guys. Tommy Hutton. One of the nicest guys, like, ever in baseball, all right? Tommy Hutton. He was the Marlins announcer. They have, like, 30 people listening to their broadcast. Yep. Like, there's more people listening to the radio show than there is a Marlins game, like, in for a month. Like, our radio audience in one day is, like, the Marlins attendance for, like, an entire homestead. So, no one's watching. Like, no one cares. Tommy Hutton's, you know, he's doing his job. He was the guy forever. And the players got him fired. Because he basically used to say, you know, these guys, they're not running hard enough to first. And they're yeah. not, nothing malicious, yeah. nothing like, oh, yeah, they're at strip clubs cheating on their wives. Just, just the facts. Just sort of, yeah. you know, come on, man, learn the fundamentals. And he's he's a nice guy. He wasn't even mean about it. And Jeffrey Laurie, of all people, yeah. said, ah, oh, listen, uh, I like you, but yeah. uh, the, the players are revolting. They yeah. all hate you. Even here locally, they got a lot. The, the Jays, when they cut, cut the dick, they've gotten beat reporters fired. They can't take any criticism. Well, they didn't like Greg Zahn. They didn't like Greg Zahn. Look at the Marlins did to that uh, Marlins man. He spoke out against the organization. They just cut him loose. Well, we don't want your ticket money. Even though no one goes to our games, we, we don't want to deal with you. You're not going to talk good about the organization. See ya. I like Marlins, man. He did an undercover report to find out that it was a fake P.O. box in another – like, he did a – sure. he, yeah, he, he, he should be hired by Dateline NBC. Great job, Marlins, man. He's sick, of, he's sick with the same old crap going on down there. And he exactly. He did about something it. about it. He put his money where his mouth is. He went on the damn flight. Gabe Marlins, man, did a great job. He exposed them. This is not even real. This Marlin, is- man, <laughs> Marlins, man, and um, – Derek Jeter got off on the wrong foot. Oh yeah, a <laughs> big time. Because uh, Derek Jeter basically, like Big Man said, he blew him off. Yeah, he was basically like, I don't know who you are, I don't know. Like, and Jeter's like, I don't know who Marlins Man is. It's like, come on, you've got one fan. fan. Here, yeah, too. it's Marlins Man. Yeah, he's, he's got one fan. He's at other games with that with the Marlins jersey on. He is Marlins Man. Derek Jeter is a horrible owner. Let's just yeah. be real. I mean, he doesn't, it's, he doesn't give it. He doesn't it's give hard. A shit. It's hard to be worse than low life Lori and scumbag Samson, but he actually is somehow. You know, they're yeah. so bad. They have a uh, Pitbull bobblehead uh, doll night. I think it might be tonight. Or it's coming up. Pitbull? Oh, they're in Atlanta now. <laughs> yeah, Pitbull. The singer. <laughs> Not a player. It's no, no, a, no. It's a Pitbull. No, no, Pitbull. <laughs> Pitbull the singer. Just dressed in white. That's like because they don't have any players, yeah, yeah. so it's basically yeah, yeah, yeah. Come down for a pit bull yeah. bobblehead. JT Rio Muto's pretty good. Yeah, that would be well receptive. 
They're actually, think about the Marlins, too, is they're overachieving this Pitbull's year. Pitbull's actually a pretty cool dude. You know, he bets on sports. Does he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he once moved a number there in uh, really? Bellator fighting. Wow, he, oh, he, he's a hardcore yeah, gambler. He bet, he bet like a million dollars on a Bellator fight. Gabe, right? I'm reading that, uh, I guess, Pitbull Baba Day was uh, two days ago. They drew uh, just over 12000 for it. <laughs> Well, that's about that's about well, right, twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. They came for the bobblehead. Okay, I want to keep in the... mind most most games draw about six thousand. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So the bobblehead helped. That's what I was going to say. I want to see what they got on Saturday. I'm going to actually check the attendance on Saturday. <laughs> Probably, Probably. Five, six thousand. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm a couple of extra hundred, a couple of thousand. thousand that's good. That's yeah, worth it. Though. I would say it would come out for the for the. Uh, Pitbull uh, bobblehead? Yeah. yeah. yeah like, like my buddy Visine Vince, he collects bobbleheads. He'd even get a Pitbull uh, bobblehead. He, he's, he's got a whole room full of them. Right, Saturday, Marlins, what do they get? They average about nine, 9,800 right. a game. All right, so a couple of extra 1,000 people. 2,000 Pitbull fans. The next closest is Tampa. They average almost 15. So they have almost, I don't know, 40% more than they do. Amazing. So, so, in other words, the entire the state of the Florida, Florida averages twenty four thousand fans a game for one team, right, for, two, for two teams. Yeah, right, not like two teams combined. Wow. Minnesota's at twentieth. They average about twenty four a game, twenty five almost. Yeah. Well, Tampa, Tampa's got to get a new state. Oh yeah, big time. The Trop's got to go. They got to blow it up. Man, we were talking about uh, Shoop earlier. Uh, maybe what, Jonathan Scope. Yeah, maybe he's going to. Uh, Went to Milwaukee. To the Brewers. Really? The Brewers, oh, okay. Brewers getting out. Our, our lineups tonight are just going to get crucified. I'll be honest. Uh, they, they've had a very head-scratching day. I don't understand their moves whatsoever. Who, I mean, the they Brewers? Didn't, yeah, they didn't go out and address the starter role at all, where, you know, Chris Archer was there. I mean, you had you could even have gotten a Matt Harvey or something. Uh, you go out and get Jonathan Scope, who doesn't fit that team at all. They don't need a second baseman. They already have one. Uh, they already have a third baseman. I don't understand where he works. Uh, you don't address the starting pitching when seemingly everyone around you did. Yeah. I love you, big man, but I don't think they want Matt Harvey. Well, Matt Harvey's actually, uh, Cam, frankly, pitched a lot better. Uh, that change of senior, I think, was necessary. I, again, he's he hasn't been terrific, and he's had the occasional bad game, but I think he's getting back. I mean, Yeah, he's not. Well, he's not as bad. He's there was better. some interest about him. Yeah. There is. He I don't know. We'll brutal. see if, if it comes over the wire now. He could also be one of these waiver wire deal guys yes. after as well, right? That clears sure. that clears waivers. True. There could be some bigger names. Verlander went that route last year, actually. And look, he actually had a massive impact. So scope heading to the to the Bruce. Uh what you know, the Yankees you know, the Yankees um the Yankees have catching situations here right now. Philadelphia Phillies, I brought it up earlier, big man. Wilson Ramos to Philadelphia, yeah. I think is a great move. Uh, for the Phillies, Ramos is a good ball player. Uh, Yankees, they bring in Lance Lynn last night as well. Cam, Lance Lynn and Jay Happ. I don't know. Like, th- doesn't inst- doesn't yeah, instill, mediocre pitchers. Doesn't instill a ton of confidence. Not really. You still don't have Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit, yeah. Jay Happ, Jay Happ, Lynn, Lance Lynn. You have a no- you have a lot of three and four starters there. there. There's you know, and I don't know if they're aware, but. Lance or uh, Luis Severino's got a nine ERA over his last five games. Yep. So uh, you, you don't have very much in this rotation right now. And look, the bullpen's good. The the the, uh, the the lineup will be fine. But 
there's no one in this rotation other than Severino that I have any interest in in the playoffs, other than maybe Tanaka. Tanaka does generally pitch well in the playoffs, but hopefully Lance Flynn will be a changes here to do him well. All right, we'll take a quick break. <laughs> On the other side, we'll talk a little NFL football. Nice. I don't know, man. Is there a damn uh, line for that MLS All-Star game yet? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm trying to find a line for that under-20 game. I can't find that either. It's unbelievable. These sports books have live in-game action on badminton, and you can't give me a line for an MLS All-Star game? Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Great vocals. <laughs> Great riffs. Yeah. Singer sounds uh, very good. Uh, he's got some pipes on him, really. Like he cuts deep. <laughs> Game time decisions. Yeah. Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. All right. Kyle Johnson says he's uh, found a, uh, a lot of. Juventus. Center elite club friendlies. Elite club, club friendlies? Juventus. Yeah, under Juventus. Minus 125. Draw plus 350. MLS All-Stars plus 220. Got to be taking a uh, yeah, poke at the, the uh, MLS, MLS All-Stars. Yes. Plus 220. They always bring their best in these situations. They've got a good lineup. They could have a better lineup, but they've still got a pretty good lineup. I like them, big man. I'm taking the MLS plus 220. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's uh, – th- this is the best the MLS has been in years, as we know. It's gotten progressively better as a league. You still have plenty of options up front. Giovinco, Josef Martinez might be the best goal scorer you've ever seen in this league. Uh, you got a pretty good defense. you get got a couple Red Bullers in there. They have the best defense in the league. Your midfield's very good with the Santos, the boy Alfonso Davies, Almiron from uh, Atlanta United. I like this play. I, I think um, you and I have talked about this. Obviously gotten into the MLS a lot this year. I got to tell you, I even like um, maybe just being a little bit more conservative and going uh, MLS draw double chance, you know, covering the draw just in case, um, you know, maybe even getting a plus one at a good price. But, yeah, Ulsters look good here. I think they get the job thing into Juventus team without a lot of their big boys. Yeah, MLS has uh, definitely been very, very entertaining uh, this year. And it'll only continue to build, specifically, especially with um, the World Cup. In That's North true. America in 2026, it'll sort of be a culmination. Great point. Yeah, right? it's going to be absolutely, it's going to be huge. Yeah. So uh, It's already getting big. Yeah, you know, there's always been that talk of, ooh, soccer's going to get big in the United States. Oh, soccer's going to get big, but it's getting there. Like, now yeah. it's not just, it's, there's, there's. Well, even look at the new teams in the MLS game. Well, like Atlanta. Atlanta. I, that's what I'm people. saying. Atlanta, like, they're packing it. It is popular. I saw the attendance from MLS over the weekend, and. You know, Atlanta didn't play at home. So, um, in Montreal, Montreal got 19,000 people. Their stadium yeah. only holds like 23,000 exactly. or 24,000. LA hey, Galaxy, 25,000, but it was a sellout. Yep. You know, they build like smaller. TFC was sold out, 30, yep. 29,000. Yep. 
pretty close to sellout. I asked Donnie this the other day, Gabe, and I wanted to get you guys' opinion. Who do you think who do you think sells out more frequently? And, and just I mean, think about it, because they get a lot of people at that Atlanta United game. Atlanta or the Falcons? Well, you know the I'd say Atlanta. Well, so I'd say Atlanta United, the Atlanta yeah. Falcons per capita. The Atlanta Falcons only oh. started selling out yep. that year they went to the Super Correct. Bowl. Correct. They used to have that, or the yeah. year after yep. even. It was the year went to the Super Bowl. They were, they were still empty seats. Yeah, they were still empty People seats jumped there. on a bandwagon in the playoffs. Atlanta's never been. The Falcons have never really filled those buildings up. It's just sort of been the last two years, big man. The Falcon hype uh, grew really. You look at the yeah, Atlanta you know, Hawks, too. Like the nobody Hawks. goes to Hawks games. Yeah, you know. And even you look at, for all those people that want to say, guys, that soccer's not popular in this country, I mean, you, you look at the rising crowds at these games. I mean, you look at on Saturday at that big house. There were 100,000 people there to watch Liverpool and United yeah. in a friendly. Dude, Seattle had 39,000 people the yeah. other day for a Saturday's game. So you'll go, oh, whoa, whoa. so what? Seahawks had 70,000 in the same stadium. Yeah, the Seahawks don't play 22 home games. Sure. sure. These no. guys 22 times a, or 23 times. That's just a, got, that's they get more in other times. Yeah. That was just like a typical yeah. average, all right, we got 40,000 tonight. Uh, you look at down, Houston does well. Dallas does well. Like the, the, Toronto, 30,000 people every MLS game. You know, tickets for the MLS Cup last year were going for $3,000 to get in. Like so what, you, the, what What team does the uh, sporting KC? Like, who, who, like what, when you look at attendance per capita, who's... I guess one the one like who's the MLS concerned of? Uh, Columbus has the got Columbus problems, crew, but only they were going to leave know. anyway, weren't they? Yeah, there's controversy about them yeah. leaving, and uh, pretty Chicago much everyone. Fire. Chicago yeah. Fire, pretty bad too. Columbus is like eleven thousand average. Chicago's at fourteen. FC yeah. Dallas, I mean, they're getting better, so theirs will go up. But as of July 29th, I mean, United Sounders, Toronto Galaxy, Orlando lead the top five. Uh, Colorado's got issues too. Carpets, yeah. dude. Colorado play and like uh, it looks like a high school. Like it's chopped up grass. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's you know the field like, looks like shit. Yeah, yeah. Like it's Colorado, I don't know what you're doing. Like Colorado's a good sports town <laughs> too. Is. So I don't know. There's an argument about where they're gonna play. Should they go to where? I don't know. I think the Broncos are jerks. I think basically the Broncos they're are like, like you can't play yeah, our field. Yeah, the Broncos are like no, we don't have soccer here. Other people, come like, on. They should, they should cut a deal with Coors. Yes. Like, you're, and I, what you're telling me, I love that, though. A hey, big man, like the, these teams, no, 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 we can't do that here. And it's like, I don't know what. So, what, the Yankees can put a soccer game? Yeah. They don't mind uh, putting soccer lines on the Yankee Stadium field. You know? We're too good in Denver for that. We, we'd only play football here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I bet if it was a weed convention, you'd get your stadium ready for that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. <laughs> they're like, excellent, no, no. excellent they're point. like, this is a Bronco stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, not, like, we're not sharing. Yeah, Barrel Man comes out there, screw you, soccer. Yeah. How about, like, hey, a little, how about a little a community shower. spirit here? Yeah. Like, how about you, how, the, how these a, guys out? Yeah, how about giving them a break? I know. You know what I mean? Because keep in mind, I mean, attendance continues to rise. But, yeah, I mean, Colorado's a bad team, too. I mean, listen, no one's more – poorest tenants. I mean, last year, Gabe, Columbus, 15,439 attendance. They're down to almost 11,000. I mean, their attendance has dropped considerably. <laughs> their franchise uh, is dying. I mean, they need, yeah. to, they need to address this. They're playing well, in a bad like, stadium. I often wondered about Columbus. Like, I know it's a decent-sized city, but 
it just doesn't seem like a city that should have two professional franchises, no matter no matter what they are. I mean, I know hockey's quite popular there. They but... have money because the university employs so many people. There's there's money in Columbus, so yeah. The like Columbus, the Columbus, Columbus hockey, they do well. They do okay. They do okay. No, they they do well at the box office. They're they're a viable franchise. It's not like they're, they're no, they're struggling. not. They're, they're not. A, no, they're not like the Coyotes, Panthers. You got to understand too. They suck. But Columbus, I mean, they, the Columbus Blue Jackets win regular season games. It gets old. I mean, the Jackets yeah. have never been anywhere. They just Vegas, don't go anywhere in the playoffs. Vegas made it to the Cup in their first year. That's the thing. Columbus has been around for twelve years now. They're Ve- tired of it. Vegas right? has it's made like, a lot of teams look really bad, and pe- people are going to knock over the box office. Thing with MLS, it. though, you just mentioned it, big man. If you're not good, you, all right, they're not going to come. It's same in Montreal. But like Montreal is getting nineteen thousand. No, I mean they're they're fourth in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, Columbus, dude. There's like there was a near riot, bro. Like I remember two years ago, like the Columbus fan club, like nearly attacked like the owners' box type thing. Yeah. <laughs> like they, it's not you know it's like the only city, big man, where it's like we were joking about the Arsenal fan bitching outside the stadium after sure. about the owners, but no, like there's hostility. Like Columbus, the crew, they're one of the original sort of crazy fan groups that uh, the you know. They they had like real fights with the TFC fans a couple. Yeah. Years oh yeah, ago. no, no, the things got really yeah, heat. Like yeah, Columbus that, that, and yeah. TFC, and basically MLS was like, guys, we're not trying to emulate fighting and stuff. Yeah. Like you know, you know, yeah, you want everyone, everyone, everyone chill out. Exactly. So they, it settled down. It's not violent, but about five years ago, big man, like TFC and Columbus fans used to clash for real, like with flares and fights in the oh, parking yeah. lot in the whole nine yards. Well, you know what we call that where I'm from, Gabe? We call that passion. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia passion. The uh, Columbus Crew fans, they really love that team, man. (laughs) I will say this, though, guys. There is a correlation. I just went to the NHL attendance. First of all, uh, Columbus is 22 out of 31, not at the bottom. But but you know who's a real problem? Colorado again. They're 25. Mm -hmm. So you think about it. Other than Barrel Man and Denver Broncos, like they still get people in Coors. Rockies do well. It's just interesting, though. Colorado, yeah, yeah it's just, it's, I don't know. Yeah, you, you know what, though? You would think it would be good because of the University the, of Denver. Yeah, but the stuff. Avalanche sucked for a long time. They did. Man. They just got good last year again. Yeah. You know what's interesting, though, about real quick, one other thing on the attendance in MLS. D.C. United, one of the three worst in the league, 34,000. Oh, they're doing great. Why do you think that? New stadium and a new player that people yeah. want to see. That's, Dude, what, Miami, that's what these players do for you. Miami's going to do great with that Beckham own team. Oh, Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati, Cincinnati's got a new stadium coming in. Cincinnati, they play in the NASL where the Cincinnati Bearcats play. Yes. Different stadium. Nice. But that's not a pro. Like, so they're, Columbus, Cincinnati. they're building. Cincinnati. No, but they already got their team, FC Cincinnati. They hate Columbus. They beat them, actually, in that USL Pro Cup stuff we bet on, big man. Okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get to some NFL football action. You guys are betting USL hardcore. Oh, yeah. I like it. We're the best like USL oh, cappers yeah. in the business. <laughs> we love the uh, Swope Park Rangers. Yeah. Dude, yeah, the Seattle Sounders, too, they're terrible. <laughs> Seattle oh, Sounders, yeah. Yeah. two, two, two. Yeah. two. <laughs> like, if you ever guys see, yeah, two. Seattle Sounders, two. two. They're like the youth, like, Sounders team. <laughs> That's wicked. Yeah, no, they, they lose every week. Like, uh, the other teams have ten men. They can't score. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, I wanted to bring up uh, here, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a tweet from John Gruden, and uh, Gruden was bitching about his remote control. He was like, these stupid new remote controls, 
He goes, I just don't want a simple old school remote control. And he's like, technology's not always better. Uh, that's not a and good I, sign. I tweeted, <laughs> I said, reason number one why Raiders will struggle with Gruden. <laughs> now, here we are. And, okay, and I also brought up guys at the time. His first order of business is to get rid of Michael Crabtree. It's like, why? He's, like, better than Cooper is. Like, what do you, like, all right, you get rid of Crabtree. You bring in Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson can barely bend over and tie his shoelaces right now. There's a reason why Green Bay let him go, all right? He's old. I mean, he's slowing down. There's, there's a reason why they let him go. Um, he re-signs Marshawn Lynch. Like, why? Yeah, that's, like, why? That's a problem. Like, Marshawn Lynch was a publicity stunt last year. He's not terrible, but really, you're building your team around Marshawn Lynch now? How old is he? Like, really? This is what you're doing? So who does he bring in to back up Marshawn Lynch? Doug Martin. Another injury-prone <laughs> player. A drunk driving guy yeah, all the time, suspended all the time, drinks all the time, injured all the time, old, spin around. Time. Like, what What the hell? Like, okay, so then Gruden, who's in complete control, refuses to talk to Khalil Mack, who doesn't have a contract. Best defense. He's trying player. to send Mack a message. Yeah. Mack's like, you know what? I don't know. He doesn't seem to respect me, and he doesn't really seem to care. I'm not there, to be honest with you. There's murmurs now that the Bills are trying to call. And Ooh, say, you know what? University of Buffalo? Yeah. Come to Buffalo. He's from Buffalo. Yes, so they're like, you know yes. what? Let's make something work here. That baby. would be amazing. Yeah. So now here's Gruden here. Here's uh, Jared Cook, tight end on the Raiders. And I don't think he's saying this to be funny. He's actually Raiders tight end Jared Cook uh, talked to the Las Vegas Review Journal about Gruden. Said Gruden showing us film from like 1976 about <laughs> offense. <laughs> He goes, he brought out this old film from, like, 1976. He goes, it was grainy. He goes, I could barely see the players. He goes, he's talking about adding plays and look at the scheme here. So, basically, Gruden's busting out game tape of 1976, yeah. big man, and thinking that it's going to work. Like, he's a good analyst. He's an entertaining guy. He's a horrible player evaluator. He's nuts. Like, he likes old players. Like I said, oh, yeah, Marshawn Lynch, Jordy Nelson, Doug Martin. It's not eight years ago, Coach. The Raiders' win total is eight and a half. Honestly, it's one of the best bets on the board under. They're not getting it eight. No, I, I don't, they can't win. What do you games. think of Gruden and his uh, 1976 game tape? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. I got a lot to talk about with this group. But I, I agree with both of you. I think they could be one of the worst teams in the league. I, I think you look at every single move they made in the offseason – they have character issues. And even the people they drafted, Arden Key was a character issue at LSU. Reese Hurst is a heart problem. Colton Miller was a huge reach in the first round. Martavis Bryant has substance abuse problems. Donald Penn's an absolute mess. Marshawn Lynch is a mess. I mean, I don't understand these. And then you bring in Jordy Nelson, who's injured constantly. You have a guy in uh, uh, Derek Carr who, I don't know, just hasn't really been able to kind of get it going, especially last year. The defensive backfield's terrible. I mean, you can't stop anybody there. Yeah, and they alienate their best defensive player. <laughs> exactly. I don't understand this thought process whatsoever. Um, I hope he gets out of there, Cleo Mack. Uh, this team, them and the, the Chiefs, I'm pretty low on. I think both those teams are pretty poor. But this team is an absolute mess. Uh, I don't think they can get out of Oakland quick enough. They need a massive rehaul. And you're right, this is 76 showing. What, what the hell does that matter? What are you, what are you showing that for? What does that have anything to do with what we're doing here? Where's my remote? <laughs> Gruden. <laughs> he loves everybody, too. I like Jared. 
Cook says he can't even see. Can't, the play. It's grainy. It's, too grainy. it's grainy. He goes. He brought out film from like 1976 like where you ain't you. He goes. You left. ain't even. I know this is Cook too. This is his tweet. So it's always I always love translating the players' tweets. This is his exact words. He's bringing out film from like 1976 when you ain't even think they had film. <laughs> grainy film where you can barely see the players. He goes, he's adding plays and talking about schemes from yeah. 1976 that, you, that he wants that, to run. That you can't see. It's like, coach, like, hey, it's, it's Scottish porn. You can't, you can't, can't coach, see it. Like, you're running offense from 42 years ago? You really <laughs> think, like, like really? Converters 1970s offense? I don't like where this like, train's John Gruden thinks no one's ever seen a sweep run play before. Like, so that basically like, means bet against them all year. Got it. Thanks. I can't believe it's eight and a half. I think Kansas City is going to be better than I'll buy into the Chiefs. I, 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 they're going to be better than the Raiders. The Rams are going to absolutely crush them in Week One. They're only laying three points. Get on that now. Yeah, it's the Monday night opener. Ooh, yeah, the opener. Well, the second opener because the oh, game yeah, that yeah. everybody wants to see first, of course, is the Jets and the Lions <laughs> kick off Monday night football. Great, great, bam, season. <laughs> Welcome Can't to the season. Like, do they try to put like the the shittiest teams on TV? Like, it's amazing. Like, seriously, big man. First Monday night football game of the year. Dun 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 dun. The Detroit Lions host the New York Jets. It's like sounds like riveting stuff, man. Can't wait for it. Like, really? You're right. It's just like, like what? Like, there, there, like, there's no, so many other stories. No, but this is where Goodell's got to say, listen, you're not opening up Monday night football with the Jets and the Lions. <laughs> like, who does this? <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. Combined Super Bowl yeah, appearances in the last sixty years, one. What's hey, happening? Everyone loves New York. We always have to know what's going on there constantly. Everybody, ca- we all care about New York. Remember, you're a Philly guy, so I understand the the animosity. Hey, listen, I said the same thing yesterday about Chicago. Brought on too much. We, we looked at the Chicago Bears schedule yesterday. Chicago Bears are on primetime television. Same bullshit. They're on the first Sunday night game, and I think they're on the second Monday nighter. I mean, how many times this year do we need to see the Cubs and the Cardinals in primetime baseball? <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. It's like amazing. Seriously. Every week we see this. I mean, the boring games, too. Big man on campus. The man. has been zapped. What happened there? Thanks, big man. Love you, buddy. Thanks. Follow him on Thanks. Twitter at Jeff Nadu. Woo! And we're going to have to lower the levels yeah. of the music a little bit here, guys. That's pretty loud. I've got a loud voice, but, you know, yeah. game time decisions it continues. It does. Fantasy Sports Radio yeah. Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Game time decisions. Thanks to Big Man on Campus. Level 2 begins on television. I see uh, they're in attendance at the Montreal Alouette practice at Olympic Stadium in Montreal. Johnny Manziel will officially make his CFL debut. He's starting for real. 
I must want to take Montreal with the six. Give me the L's against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Why not? Who are pretty clawless, to be honest. Um, Ottawa beat them down pretty good. I had Ottawa on the money line. I mean, I was on Ottawa too. I had Ottawa plus two fifty, uh, plus two twenty uh, on the money line. So uh, Johnny Manziel will start for the Montreal Alouettes. Of course, he was only acquired by the Alouettes last Sunday, so it's just been one week. Um, there was some, there was a lot of thought that he was going to play on the Thursday night, uh, but he only showed up in Montreal on Monday. Yeah. Can't learn a playbook that quick. The Alouettes, Vernon Adams didn't play horribly anyway, so they, the Alouettes wanted to play close to the vest, yet they didn't bring Johnny Manziel in not to play, and that was Hamilton's that's, mistake. That's, that's Hamilton, right? Yeah. And now look at Mazzoli the last few weeks. is kind of a little bit of a regression there, so it, it could be a concern down the line. I don't know. I'll tell you what. With Johnny Manziel, I don't think there's a lot of negatives here. I think either Johnny Manziel is... Better than average, and considering the Alouette quarterback situation, he'll was be a better bad than that. one. Yep. Or Johnny Manziel actually lights it up and starts running around and making plays, and it's Manziel mania, and uh, he takes over the Canadian Football League like next year. Not immediately. I mean, the Alouettes. Yeah, it takes time yeah, in yeah, the Canadian it's, Football it's not, League. Exactly. It's not, it's not it magic. sets up. But it's funny, Manziel used to talk about. Well, you know, we'll see if I'll go to Hamilton. We'll see. I want to be in the NFL. I want to be in the NFL. Last week, Manziel was talking about being the quarterback of the Montreal Alouettes for the next four to five years. He said, I see an opportunity here to settle in and become the quarterback of this football team. I think he's seeing, you know what? Starting quarterbacks in the CFL make about $600,000, $700,000. I could do well A year. Four years, that's two, three million dollars. You know, rehabilitates uh, my my image, and also I, I think the NFL is gone for Johnny Manziel. I actually do. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that he wouldn't get some sort of weird publicity type of invite at some point in time, but his game is more suited for the Canadian Football League. The NFL has moved on. The NFL moves on quickly, man. You know, you're an under. I guess maybe he could be a Doug Flutie. That's what I was going to say. Doug, that's, that's Doug Flutie's a legend of this Canadian football. That's, that's, that's a lot to live up for. If he's anything like Doug Flutie, what a success story. Yeah, but I'm saying Flutie was able to go from the CFL to the NFL, NFL. Yep. have some moderate success. That's Flutie true. was pretty good in his second yep. uh, when, when he was in the NFL for the second time. He, he was. He was a real Bills. grinder. With the Bills, he was good. But there was a, there was Chargers. a, there was a ceiling. Right, there was a ceiling. Although we'll never know because he got screwed over and he didn't play in a playoff game. Yeah, Rob Johnson, bandana boy. Remember Flutie Flakes. Yeah, I like Flutie Flakes. They're basically frosted flakes called Flutie Flakes. Good good situation for the Montreal uh, Alouettes, too. Lone game on Friday night, ESPN game. It's going to be good, uh, uh, good, the player, good ratings for the CFL. The players will be all fired up oh, yeah, in the Alouette time. room before, big right? They, they'll know exactly. the. It's going to be a big game. I remember Jimmy Johnson stomped on the Flutie Flakes. <laughs> He's got a box and just yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, when the Cowboys the Cowboys oh, damn flutie flakes the Cowboys went into Buffalo and yeah. he, he got yeah. like ten boxes I guess and he put them all on the on the floor <laughs> in the locker room and he stomped all over them he said I want you to get Doug Flutie and he said I'm so sick and tired of this effing flutie flakes and flutie this and flutie that so he stepped on on the flutie flakes and. Uh, the Buffalo beat writers saw like the Flutie flakes like destroyed on the on the ground. 
The thing is, though, like his kid like has autism or yeah. something. It was one or his, the money was going to cancer kids yeah. or you know what I mean. It was <laughs> yeah. So people yeah, like, like what are people doing? are like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like yeah. really? Jimmy Johnson apologized yeah. after. He goes, ah, he, we pro- just, he, probably he said, I, I was just trying to get the team fired yeah. up. I didn't really think about it. And I believe I it. do, too. I be- Jimmy's no. a good guy. You know he yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. If he wouldn't have known, exactly. he wouldn't have done that. He just, yeah, yeah. He just likes to do antics. Like, yeah. Yeah. come on, I'm going to smash some cereal. Like, you know? Yeah, you could just see Jimmy, does. like, telling an assistant, yeah. like, in the early yeah, in the morning. Yeah. Give me some of those foodie flakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm gonna dance all yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna step on the box. And like, <laughs> like he's just trying to exactly. It's that just football like some, coach. That stuff. seems like something Jimmy Johnson would do. I don't know if you remember Jackie Sherrill. Jackie Sherrill was the head coach of Texas A&M. He's also yeah. head coach of uh, Mississippi State. But uh, when they were playing the Texas Longhorns, he castrated a. Oh no, the steer. Yeah. Oh no. That's going too far. On the practice field. So that's wrong. In front of the team. That's not right. And that's that was yeah, it was wrong. Sorry. Like you said, that's too much. Like, like you know, you can't. I don't even work for PETA. You can't castrate a damn a, a, a longhorn here. That's that's wrong. Yeah. You're cutting his balls off. Like in yeah, front of the I, team. I, I get you want to make a point. In front of the team. Nah, yeah, like too. That's that's wrong. Sorry, Jackie. <laughs> that's horrible. Well, speaking of wrong. Speaking of wrong. Uh, I want to talk about Jerry Jones uh, for a second. Yeah, Jerry? Everybody's talking Jerry. Jerry Jones. You're the same name as him. Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Seinfeld was going on the show with with Jerry Lilo. Same name. He had cufflinks or something that looked like him. And he goes, ah, oh, now I don't have my story to talk to him. And George's like, you have the same name as him, Jerry. <laughs> All right, so Cam, I don't know if you've seen the video. The mainstream media really is sort of hiding the video, actually. Yeah. Jerry Jones is very powerful. but So we all know that uh, Jerry Jones is uh, very, very patriotic. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all know that Jerry Jones – uh, recently basically threatened any Dallas Cowboy player that stays. Yeah. He said, because, of course, Roger Goodell said, players can stay in the room now during the anthem. But you can't, if you're on the field and you protest the anthem, it's a penalty. i got to tell you, I don't want to hear about this damn anthem for the rest of my life. It is uh, like we, we want to play some football, game. It is absolutely stupid. So, well, the league actually told Jerry Jones to yeah, shut up, sure. that he doesn't exactly. have the power to cut people for this. That's true. So, but so we all know that how much Jerry Jones respects the anthem. So uh, here's uh, Dallas Cowboy Camp yep. uh, opening up with the national anthem since Jerry's so patriotic. Yep. Yeah. Well, there he, there he is, respecting the anthem, laughing, joking, yeah. hat on with his hat on. Unbelievable. During the anthem, didn't take his hat off during <laughs> the anthem. Laughed, joked, and talked during the entire yeah. national anthem. Yet this son of a bitch is actually threatening to cut people. It's amazing, too, because the Cowboys don't cut you for beating women up. They don't cut you for smoking crack cocaine. They don't cut you for putting a gun in a woman's mouth. They don't cut you for numerous other, you know. But they'll cut you for not steroids. Anthems. Uh, Elliot, who's, you know, allegedly maybe beat a woman up at, uh, at Ohio State, grabbing women, suspended. No, no, but you don't get cut. But now here's Jerry Jones doesn't take his hat off. I don't know. That's you're supposed to take your hat off. Yes, you are, and not. I bet you've called Kaepernick. 
Colin Kaepernick left his hat on and was talking and joking during the anthem. Jerry Jones would be pretty upset. They'd probably try to put him in jail. I haven't seen any tweets from Donald Trump uh, bitching about yeah. uh, Jerry Jones. Well said. Jerry Jones, I don't know. I guess you should be cut. Yeah. You're cut from the Cowboys, Jones. <laughs> Sorry. You're not above the team. The Cowboys' policy is everyone respects the anthem. You disrespected the anthem. You're cut. I guess not, right? No, no, no. I guess that's not the way. Uh, Who owns the team? That'd <laughs> be the best. You're cut. New owner. Come on in. Well, his <laughs> son will just take over. Oh, yeah, junior, junior. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a great point. Jerry Jones gets nothing but free passes. Yeah, he does. He's on tape uh, using the N-word uh, from a couple of years ago. Oh, no, I was just he was joking around. Um, you know, there was the photos of him, hands all over. Remember, would look oh, like yeah. about a 20, 22-year-old girl. Fast hands. Yeah, in a bathroom stall. None of this is allegedly. That's why I'm not worried about getting sued. It's all true. I mean, the pictures are out there. The tape is out there. You know, he's buddies with Papa John's. No comment. Owns a bunch. He owns like 300 Papa John's locations. No comment on that. Now the anthem. You know, it's just, it's, uh, Jones gets a free pass. He sure does. He just does. It's Jerry's world. We're just living in it, Gabe. That's the way it is. Yeah. A lot of these rich guys, that's what they, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing what they've done to Colin Kaepernick and the pariah they made him out to be well, for it's interesting. I, I, I got to be honest with you, this whole anthem shit, I, like, I, I, I just want to, I, I, I know. This, I, I, no, it's just the worst, because when I do mainstream stuff, you do too, hey, tell us about the anthem and the players game. No, we want to talk about football. We want to talk about the NFL. We don't want to talk about the sideshow. It's stupid anyway but that's a you keep on these stories are always going to be there that's the problem richard sherman says jerry jones has a plantation mentality (laughs) plantation mentality (laughs) wow yeah that's what uh that's what uh richard sherman has to say about uh jerry jones now you know what i see here that the the blogosphere media the blogosphere media has picked the Jerry Jones stuff up, but the mainstream, no, like you notice, they won't touch it. I don't see it on the front page of CBS Sports here. No, it's not not no. there. ESPN, no. Let's see. Uh, let me. I want to confirm. Yeah. ESPN. So basically, any NFL partner, right? That's the way this stuff works. We always yep. talk about this, exactly. guys, about partnerships with leagues and protective sto- of stories. Jerry Jones is very powerful in the NFL. He's powerful to CBS and to ESPN. All right, so, and to Fox. Fox, well, we know Fox. Oh, God, no. (laughs) Sports Illustrated has no affiliation. I would imagine that they would. They have the the Richard Sherman plantation story on the front page, but they don't have the anthem. Look at another instance is uh, Carolina. All right, that Jerry Richardson guy. Oh, yeah. Pretty racist and uh, very, very touchy grabby, right? Yep. So he, he basically was forced to sell the team. And, you know, the media left yeah. him alone. Oh, he's a nice old man. Wow. So basically, he's such a nice guy that they basically took the team. They, they said, yeah, listen, you're gone, Jerry. You're a walking yeah. H&R violation. Yeah. We can't get this stuff out. So just sell the team and go away. You know, as part of the deal is you can't take his statue down. He's like Rogers outside, like the oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, like the, the Blue the, Jays, the, the bronze statue. Like the Blue yeah. Jays don't have any statues of any players. No, but they, they have yeah. a statue of the owner of the exactly. team outside the stadium. So it's the same thing. Yeah. They have a statue. 
They do have that cool panther statue, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like the panther. <laughs> Stanley C. Panther. No, that's, that's Florida Panthers. I'll tell you another thing. Is that thing. the guy's yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Stanley C. Panther. Stanley Cup Panther. But anyway, and I'll man, tell you. You're, you're pretty good at knowing all these mascot names, yeah, man. S.J. Sharky. They're just fun. It's just like little, little novelty names. But I will say something, too, Gabe, for people who I know that work at the Rogers Building. There's also a statue there where they have meetings. It's almost like kind of like a cult thing. Hey, oh, the statue. It's like it's kind of scary, actually, when you think about it. It's like, really? So you got a statue outside the park. You got a statue inside your uh, main building. What do you want me to do? Pray to it instead of Jesus? It's like, yeah, <laughs> thank, thank, thank him for my job. What a joke. So the moral of the moral of <laughs> story, our yeah. Yeah, the moral of our story was um. Uh, the moral of the story uh, was, and I don't—I'm not trying to get into the anthem debate. Powerful companies. The moral of the story is Jerry Jones is a hypocrite. All right, that was the yeah. moral of the story. There's no two ways about it. He's just—he's a hypocrite. But and also the media is just sickening in that they all bypass it. They're afraid. Yeah, they'll pick on you know they—they they they pick on the little guy. Yeah, they decide who to who to attack. Yeah, right. Exactly. The media, the media will attack people, but they know who to attack and who not to attack. It's very, very similar to the political um, landscape, and um, I'll say um, the political cable, like the cable news networks. Yeah. Like a good example is, do you ever, 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 ever see like when Anderson Cooper's keeping them honest? Do you ever see Anderson Cooper has a, a segment keeping them honest, and it's basically where he'll rip. He'll rip a politician for being a hypocrite and blah, blah, blah. But does he ever keep the pharmaceutical companies honest? No, but that's who that's who runs the network. Anthony Bourdain, who was one of their yeah. biggest stars, killed himself. Yep. He was all hopped up on Chantrix. For stopping smoking, yeah. yeah. And one of the big side effects of Chantrix is suicidal, suicidal thoughts. thoughts. Yeah, it is. They never mention that once. Why? Because Chantrix advertises on CNN constantly. The pharmaceutical uh, companies were very, very smart in that they knew. You notice they don't advertise anywhere else really, Cam. They advertise on cable news. Why? They keep cable news in business, and then therefore when people are jumping off of bridges and wrapping ties around their doorknobs, um, there won't be segments on it. I'm not going to do a segment on the company. Anderson Cooper makes like $12 million yeah. a year. His salary is coming directly from Big Pharma. He's not going to do a feature on Shantrix potentially killing people. Yeah. You bring up great points. It's exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and, are they really, and, are they and, really and, a news and, organization? And, 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 or no, they're, not, like, no. yeah, so they're, they're, they're a news organization. So in a sense, what they want Trump is right. They want they're for, fake news. I hate for, to say it, but he is right. So one thing part, Trump is yeah. a right about. All the media is fake, except yeah. this show. Don't trust anyone in media yeah. except me and Cam. But Cam doesn't consider himself in the media. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, Cam's like, well, I'm not in the media. It's like, no, I know. Yeah. You host a uh, radio show that's uh, being heard uh, around the world, and you appear on the John Oakley show that's a good twice point. a week. That's a good point. Yeah, you're not in the media. You've been proud of me, Gabe. I stood up. Uh, that's like a guy, that's like a guy those, that uh, delivers pizza saying, I'm not in the uh, pizza business. Yeah, but- it's like, well, well, do, I don't, you deliver pizza. For, I don't work for Domino's. You bring pies to people's houses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I ripped the saliva. So, in other for words, that, for that thing. Cam Stewart, actually, yeah. you know, he's one of these, you're what's wrong with sport, actually. Big media types. <laughs> I don't hear you talking about Chantrix. You're covering it up. What do you want to take? 
You getting free Chantrix? I, I got to tell you something. I've been on uh, some of those things. I don't like them too much. <laughs> Game time decision. We'll tell you about some uh, fine upstanding sponsors that won't kill you on the other side. Exactly. Say what you will about Daily Roto, but it won't kill you. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Yesterday, we pounded back that bucket of chicken. There's still a little left, though. Not for long. I'll tell you what, KFC is actually very good cold, too, the next day. No, it's the best. You couldn't eat Popeye's cold. No. You, you guys were wrong. Popeye's won the poll yesterday. Yeah, you're wrong. I agree. We got a lot of Mary Browns. Mary Browns is a good product. Yeah, Mary Browns isn't everywhere, That's right? the thing. It's only out. We in got Martin churches. We got Zaxby's. People are like this and that. It's Zaxby's like, is more down south, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were like, listen. We put the three people that have TV commercials up, okay? Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, KFC. KFC is better cold, better the next day. Proof's right here, man. That's that's a delicious piece of chicken the second day. Yeah, Cam's uh, crushing some KFC oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. All right, George Kurtz is ready to crush it with us. It's been a little while since we've yeah, spoken since, to since George. Hockey. Uh, George Kurtz steps up and in. George, always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? I'm still trying to recover from the John Tavares debacle, guys, so I, I've been in I, hiding. I thought about you today. Yeah. I was like, man, we have poor. I remember, like, you were yeah. optimistic. <laughs> You're like, Lamorello's here, got a new coach. You know, there's no reason why. <laughs> Going back to Long Island. and Everything boom. went straight down the crapper real quick, guys, real quick. <laughs> we got a lot of money to spend, at least now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> got a lot, a lot of money to spend moving forord. Uh, but let's, let's talk. Uh, I see that uh, you're in football mode. And, uh, you know, I see you on Twitter uh, tweeting about a lot of fantasy football talk uh, already. But I want to talk a little baseball uh, with you. Uh, Man, what an active uh, last half hour. Like, usually, you know, they always sit there. Well, we'll see if anything comes over the the wire, you know, at 4.05 when the paperwork is done, etc. But today wasn't actually just hype, man. Boom, boom, boom. It was one trade after another in between, like, 3.20 and 4 o'clock today, George. No, this was nuts. I mean, I don't know if we, if I'd say we had any a lot of huge deals. Chris Archer be the the biggest one really that happened today, but we had a lot of deals. It's a weird market, gentlemen, because there is really no 
Nobody was willing to trade starting pitching, top-notch starting pitching. The Mets didn't want to trade the Grom, Thor, Tom Seaver, anybody like that. So everybody was going for a different direction. You look at the Milwaukee Brewers. They're going to try and bludgeon people to death. They had a Jonathan Scope, and they desperately needed a pitcher. The Yankees needed a starting pitcher, couldn't get one, so they had relief help. Maybe we'll shorten the game to five innings. You know, so it was, uh, teams were trying to approach this differently than in the past. That's exactly what you said, Cam, when you called with the Brewers. Cam just said that a couple of minutes ago. You know, Scope's a nice player. He's red hot right now, too. Uh, I mean, he has been for the last month or so, but it's not, that's not what the Brewers oh. really needed, right? They, they could have used a pitcher. Well, they desperately needed a pitcher. And now, okay, Scope the second baseman, maybe slash third baseman, but you already have Mustakas at third. You have Shore, who's out of position already playing at second. If you're going to keep Shore in the lineup, are you moving Scope to shortstop? This is not a strikeout staff whatsoever, not a starting staff anyway whatsoever. I mean, pretty much they're going to have traffic cones in the infield. If the balls hit at them, sure, <laughs> they're out, right? But they're, not getting, they're going to have no range there. It's going to be interesting in Milwaukee. Traffic cones in the infield. What did you that think of? Uh, what did you think of Hop, and yeah. then Lance Lynn yeah. uh, to the Yankees? And it's funny because the Yankees, there was a talk. Well, they need pitching. They need pitching. Well, quite frankly, they they could use some bats right now as well. I mean, they, you know, the catching uh, position has been a black hole, obviously, with the Sanchez injury. Now Judge is injured. I guess they figured, all right, we're not going to panic uh, because Judge is out for a little while, but. What's your assessment of what the Yankees did in bringing in Lynn and Hap, who to me seem like the type of guy that, yeah, it's nice they can yeah. eat some innings in a regular season, but you find yourself in a five-game playoff series. Are you overly confident with Jay Hap on the hill or Lance Lynn? Well, there's the rub. All right, Hap will be great or very good during the regular season. The regular season for the Yankees and the Red Sox, for that matter, it really means nothing. You know you're going to the playoffs. The only thing that matters is that five-game, seven-game series. As you said it, you can't. I, I know Hap's numbers against Boston are decent, not so much in his last start, but they're decent. But really, you're going to trust Hap going up against in Fenway, you know, in any given game? No, no, you're not. You're not going to be happy about that. You're going to be favored to lose that game. So, but it's the best the Yankees could do. That's really what it comes down to. And the price was, you know, didn't really cost the Yankees anything. Brandon Drury, who had no spot in the Yankee lineup. You know, Billy McKinney, the minor leaguer. Okay, yes, he'd probably be on the team now because Judge got hurt immediately after. But still, it's not a long-term piece for the Yankees. So the price was right. But really, it, it'll mean nothing. Hap could go 8-0 with a 1.2 ERA between now and uh, whatever, the divisional series. And if he bombs in the playoffs, that's all that's going to matter. Because the Yankees were always going to make the playoffs anyway. I think the Yankees did want to add. They wanted to add an outfielder today. It wasn't there. The price wasn't there. Yeah. Whatever. Kedrick couldn't work it out. But if you're an optimist, it could also mean that... Maybe Judge, Frazier, and or Sanchez will be back sooner than what's, what we've been told. I was thinking maybe just a Curtis Granderson type, sort of a serviceable outfielder, professional guy that's been in the league um, that they, they could uh, get out there. And, you know, there's still the waiver wire as well, right? So, you know, the Yankees can address this. But how about this, George, from, from the Red Sox perspective? And, you know, I think the Yankees are going to be the wild card. So, basically, they can just yeah. sort of, all right, who do we want pitching on that wild card day so they don't get sort of thrown into into chaos. But what do you think of the Red Sox, Georgia, in the playoffs? As dominant as they've been, this sort of playoff, this sort of roster, and this these younger guys, they haven't done it yet in the playoffs before. They bring in J.D. Martinez right now. Looks like they're going to go to war with the pitchers that they have. They didn't go after the Hamels. They didn't go after the Archers. They You know, they're like, all right. When you get into a playoff series, do you trust? David Price has never been successful in the playoffs before. 
Chris Sale seems to get tired as the year goes on in past years. And, you know, he loses some velocity once the playoffs arrive. Do they have that third and fourth guy? And are there two guys going to get it done? You know, do you have question marks about the Sox pitching in the playoffs? Sure. I think, uh, once again, if you're looking at pitching in the playoffs, you're still going to look at Houston. I think that's what separates them from all the other teams in the American League. And they can hit as well. You got Cole, you got Verlander, McCullers, Morton. I mean, these guys can pitch, and they've done it last year. They could get tired, though, dude. They could get tired, George, after the the long playoff runs last year. The innings seem to be catching up to some of these guys right now at Houston. It does, but Boston has the same problem. You already said it with Sale. Yep. You know, yeah. every team's going to have these things. The Yankees can't compete with anybody. I mean, right now, let's face it, Severino looks lost. His last four starts, he's yep. given up 19 earned runs. He's got, the Yankees can't figure him out. None of this matters for the Yankees. They're not, they're not going, they won't win the wild card game if he can't figure it out. So they'll be done real quick. So hopefully it's just the ebb and flow of a season. Severino will be fine. I think Boston's still in good shape, mainly because with that offense, they don't need the pitchers to be great. Obviously, it would help, but they need them to be not fall apart, be solid, and they're going to score four or five runs a game in most games here. They'll, uh, they will outslug people to death. J.D. Martinez, Betts, Ben Attendi. You added Kinsler today, which is a really nice addition there as he's played well over the past eh, month or so. So I like Boston. I still like Houston more because I like their top four better than Boston's. I wonder with Houston, though, you know, adding Roberto Asuna. How is that going to go over in the locker room? I mean, you did it the day after Justin Verlander and Lance McCullers, I mean, pretty much trashed the other, the minor leaguer who Houston uh, uh, got suspended for doing the same thing. And then you add Roberto Asuna. That should be interesting. You yeah, know, one yeah. thing I want to bring up, yeah, actually. He wasn't pitching another game for Toronto. That was just uh, gone. Yeah, I they, know. They yeah, and it. it's funny because yeah, yesterday, George, Blue Jay fans were pitching. Yeah. Oh, they should have yeah. got more. I said to them, what, what the hell do you think? You think like every GM wants to deal with the press right now? Especially in his Me Too movement. Yeah, yeah, we just got the guy to beat up his girlfriend. Are you happy about it? There's only two things that matter in baseball. Two things. Winning and money. It's all professional sports. Yeah. all anybody cares about. They, they, well, I thought they baseball screwed up, George. Have... I thought they screwed up with, this hater, with the hater stuff. They should have yeah. suspended him. And now we're finding out basically every second kid is in the league. It's all I got these tweets. Sensitivity training. I just wanted to bring up Doolittle last night. Actually went on a nice Twitter rampage. And when I saw his name, I was like, oh, no, not him too. Uh, but he actually he actually ripped his exactly. own teammate. He did. He went on about how it's disgusting and they should suspend people. And baseball is inclusive. And the best thing, that, the best part of his life is meeting different people every day and being a baseball player. And it's insulting to fans. And it was very, very, you know, adamant. It's amazing that the player had something to say that was better than the league did, George. But like you said, the league just doesn't give a crap, right? They just they look at metrics, money. TV ratings, and yeah, money, money, money. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hey, after the hater thing came out, how does every agent not go have, have an intern or whatever scrub all my players' accounts, go through their Facebook, their Instagram, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, everything, scrub them, go through. I don't care if you have to read thirty thousand tweets, scrub them to make sure this stuff doesn't happen again. Uh, it, it doesn't solve the problem of all these players. Obviously, there's a lot of racism going on there. But, I mean, you gotta, you got to control this. I, I don't understand this. In this day and age, when you sign someone, these are all pretty young players, right? Newcomb, Hayter, Turner, these guys are not 15-year veterans. In this day and age, why wasn't that done immediately upon signing a pro, con- uh, pro contract? Immediately. I don't understand. To me, that's also uh, not getting the best representation or, or leaving something important out. 
is it laziness or cockiness? Like, I don't know. It's, it's insane. That's what yeah, you figure. That's what their damn job is to look out for the interest exactly. of the athlete. And you have to go up and say, man, if you did anything in the past, like you got to tell me these things, man. Yeah, you know, my my old deal is too. When they pu- they play out this, oh, I was young and dumb. Oh, was young like, and dumb. Was nineteen, six, was six yeah. years ago. You know, yeah, you're the same person now. <laughs> yes. Don't give me this. That's a bunch of BS. Yeah, you know, especially Josh Hader. Josh Hader was like tweeting about getting his balls licked because he's such a good baseball player. But oh, I was just a kid. Well, I don't know. You were getting laid because you were a baseball player. Like, don't give me this. Come on. Uh, it hasn't changed. It, it hasn't changed. Yeah. I just I just don't I don't understand it. it, uh, it and I never will. I think it's been uh, – you can't believe the player. I go, hey, Cam, you know, if I'm Cam Stewart's agent, Cam, did you uh, say anything in your past? And Cam goes, no, no. I'm not believing you. It's like think of the <laughs> the player, player always thinks he's safe. Player always thinks he's out, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, I want a review. And then you see the review. He's out by 20 feet. You never believe the player. You never do. That's your job as an agent, man. I just – like I said, I think it's been uh, carelessness on, on, on all involved. I've got a lot of stupid tweets uh, out there still, but no racist ones. No, <laughs> just dr- usually drunken, like anger yeah. from betting stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not proud of everything I've said on Twitter, but <laughs> that's a good thing about um, not being a racist. You know, yeah, you don't have to say racist stuff. Yeah, you're not a racist. I don't have to worry like, exactly. oh, I was really yeah. drunk last night. What did I say? The worst thing I'll say is, ah. Uh, you know, F everyone in the media. Yeah, F- yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Screw this guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm You're not, an equal yeah. opportunity hater. You hate everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Brian Dozier to the Ooh, Dodgers. Nice, nice, Upgrade nice. there. One of the deals that I liked, and I was talking with Cam earlier here, and we'll get to the Chris Archer one, but the Wilson Ramos one's flying under the radar. He's a good player, and it's it's, it's I think it's a big upgrade at the catcher position. For the Philadelphia Phillies, sends a message to the Phillies uh, clubhouse that they're not screwing around. And then conversely, here are the Pittsburgh freaking Pirates, man, who are like 16-3 and three in their last 19 games who have come out of nowhere. And then they grab Chris Archer today. Yeah, I mean, I like both deals. Archer is more, is not just for this season. He has that, that young, controllable contract. So he'll, he goes from, another, from one small market team to another. It makes sense because the Pirates can afford to give up Meadows, can afford to give up... Uh, now I'm escaping the other guy who went. Uh, tell, uh, I'm escaping it. Uh, Glass now. There we go. He's going to get Glass up. Glass now. Yeah. Right. Who was struggling anyway, but it's, it's the contract that makes him valuable. And in some ways, he replaces Garrett Cole. Right? They lost Cole. Now they got Archer. Almost an even swamp there. And he'll help them more than this year. So, so what's I the love deal with the contract? The I, th- I thought it was up. Is it up like after next year with Archer? He's cheap? Or is it like it's one of those? Um, two more years of control after this year. Exactly. I believe. Okay. I'm not okay. going to tell you yeah. I'm 100% positive on that. But I believe he's got two more years of control. But either way, it's a good move for the Pirates. And once again, it shows the fans who are pretty pissed off. I mean, you lost McCutcheon and you lost Cole this offseason. The fans were angry. You know, and now you've added somebody. So maybe you get some more faith there. As for the Phillies, I mean, you said it. Ramos didn't go for much either. His uh, Was it the injury? Is that why his stock fell a little bit? He'll be back in a week or two, he said it today, yep. today mid-August. That'll be an, if he's hitting anywhere near and he was doing that in Tampa Bay. That ballpark in Philly is a little bit, little bit smaller. He'll do yep. just fine there. I like that addition of Ramos a whole bunch. Hey, George, talking about teams, you know, we're, we're talking about teams that are upgrading. I just can't believe with the, how bad the Baltimore Orioles, what this happened to this organization in the last couple of years. They lose Scope, Britton, Machado, Gossman, O'Day, Britton. Who the hell is playing for these guys now? This is a train wreck. I think my biggest problem is I understand you got screwed with Britton because he kept getting hurt. 
much by waiting so long to trade Machado. And this is in all sports, yeah. man. The longer you wait, the less his value uh, is as far as a trade deadline deal. James yeah. traded him probably last year. Right. I mean, you didn't get much for Machado. Donaldson. Superstar in the game. Donaldson. They got nothing. Oh, yeah, Donaldson. Donaldson. How's his arm doing? <laughs> nothing. Oh, wow. It, it, it's annoying. I mean, uh, hey, uh, listen, I'm a Yankee fan. American League East, I hope Baltimore dies. But they didn't. <laughs> they made a whole bunch of deals today. <laughs> you think they got rid of seven starters, right? I know. And yes. they really didn't get uh, any, any once They got quantity, not quality. You know, they didn't. Did they get? They got a couple of major league guys. Okay, they'll be major leaguers, but nobody's going to be. Oh my God, they got this guy. I understand not everyone's going to be able to get a Gleyber Torres. That was a weird market when the Yankees did that. You know, they did it with the Cubs who hadn't won in 200 years. So a little different, you know, than what was going on. But Manny Machado, you screwed up. If you honestly thought that you were going to compete, the Orioles, if they thought they were going to compete with the Yankees and Red Sox this season, what the hell is going on? I mean, who's thinking this? Is it old Peter Angelos, the owner, who's worried about filling his pockets with money? Because let's face it, unless you're a fan of the opposing team, I love Camden Yards. Who the hell's going to a game now for the next two months? Absolutely yeah. brutal. They suck. Brutal. You know, he got extra money when Washington came into his backyard as well. And he must look, too, and see, oh, look, the Nationals aren't even doing well either, so that's good for me. Because he's almost just, you know, comparing himself to the Nationals uh, right now. Um, Red Sox did get Ian Kinsler uh, yesterday, of course. Adam Duvall. Um, with, with Atlanta. I like that. What do, what do you think of that, George? Any impact there with Adam Duvall? Well, they don't have much uh, OPS from their outfielders. I'm uh, sorry, from their right-handed hitting outfielders. Uh, left-handed hitting outfielders. So Duvall is going to play some. Maybe Inciarte sits. You know, who's had some problems uh, as far as driving in runs there. So I like Duvall. He's only batting 20, was it 205, I believe it is. So he's, he's pretty much all or nothing. Home run or nothing there. Doesn't get on base a lot. But still, I like it. It's a threat. Even if he's not in the starting lineup. He's a threat off the bench, something the manager's going to have to yeah. realize, the opposing manager. So, yes, I like the move there. And I like it for Cincinnati as well. If you weren't going to play him, you got something for him, and now next year you know who your corner outfielder is going to be. And maybe if they move Peraza to center field, finally get rid of Hamilton, it opens up a spot for Nick Senzel as well. By the way, one thing, guys, uh, Archer is controlled for three more years after this. Ooh. So he's not a free agent. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize it was three years either. So he's not a free agent until 2022. Good for the Pirates. A player, you know what, I like the move, but it's just he's just another guy that's just going to fit in on this team in Cameron Maybin to Seattle. Yeah. You know, he's just another guy that they can throw into the lineup here, but it doesn't put him over the top, does it? <laughs> like, no. You know, like Seattle's got Oakland, like, knocking right on their door, too, right now. I think Seattle's thinking. What happens when Cano returns? It's a good Where's uh, he playing? It's a good they said uh, D. Gordon is staying at second base. So where does Cano go? Does he play first? <laughs> it's crazy that the team didn't drop off. They got better without Cano. Weird. Thanks for the time, George. Anytime, guys. Always a pleasure. George Kurtz. Great stuff with George Kurtz. Game time decision. Ready Heat and Rage Radio continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We were just talking about Jay Happ. Yeah. Bad, bad news, Gabe. Uh, he's got hand, foot, and mouth disease. Hand, foot, and mouth disease. Might not be able to start against the Red Sox on Saturday at Fenway. <laughs> Crazy. Haven't heard that one in a while. Hand, foot, and mouth disease. Didn't know that still existed. Yeah. Remember when guys used to get sick from the showers and stuff like that, you know? Some bad bacteria in the showers if not properly cleaned. Some crazy stuff. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. So, um, you know, NFL football actually starts in a couple of days on uh, Thursday. Tomorrow we'll, uh, we'll jump in, and Thursday we'll really break it down. I've been poking around already. I've been looking to see if I can find any um, sort of rotation angles. And... Um, None. None so far. No one's really talking about, you know, who they're going to play yet. Yeah. A lot of hush-hush. Well, it's still it's still early in the week, right? So I guess tomorrow it'll probably start to come out more. i got to do more digging personally. Chase Daniel obviously has the experience compared to the guys. We'll get to see Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, Total seems a little bit low. You never know for, for how long. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. Even the coach. Even, the coach yeah, he, about, they no, lie even, about stuff even all the time new too. rookies and stuff, right? It's not like. A good example, what do you think? Is Josh Allen going to play like an entire half? No, no, no. Like if things aren't, like they, 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 they build your confidence up a bit, right? Yeah. If things go sour, he yeah, won't play Yeah, it's long. like, all right, you play, you play two series. We want to, you know, just complete a couple of passes and we'll get him out of there. You leave him in for a half, he gets killed, he gets sacked, yeah, and you're like, oh, uh, yeah, his first no, no, game. No. And then next thing you know, you got the Deshaun Kaiser situation on your hands. Um, the Bills are going to be very patient, uh, I would imagine, with Josh Allen, which leads to the fact that I sincerely believe, Cam, that Nate Peterman's going to be the starting quarterback in week one for the Buffalo Bills. That's horrible. I'm going to give the kid the benefit of the doubt, but... Hope so. Yeah, you hope he does well, but doesn't instill a lot of confidence. I'm not one of these guys He's... that freaks out over yeah. um, every sort of pass and practice. Yeah. I hate that stuff. Because, yep. you know, we never used to see that. You know, I'm one of these people. I don't need to see every play in practice. No. And, Guys are going to make mistakes. In and what happens too. is the media, there's always a narrative about a guy. So already last week, uh, Josh Allen's first ever play. So he lined up like in a scrimmage, not his first pass in practice, but in a scrimmage. He lined up because his first pass was a screen pass, and he threw it like three feet over the guy's head. And, it, of course, it went viral right away. Oh, Josh Allen, a real accurate passer. So right away, there was hundreds of thousands of people making fun of Josh Allen already because he, oh, God forbid, he overthrew someone in practice. Um, nobody talked, though. There's other videos of him. Made, making nice plays. Yeah, throwing, like, yeah. two touchdowns and throwing, like, perfect passes. 
but that that you know that doesn't suit it. I mean, remember a couple. Remember last year, actually, somebody the Jets got pissed off because somebody uh, put on uh, on Twitter from a closed practice of Hackenberg, and Hackenberg was throwing to a wide receiver, but there was no DB. Yeah. So it's like just guys in a park, basically. So like Hackenberg's there. There's a receiver. The receiver goes and cuts. <laughs> no DB. <laughs> yeah, and Hackenberg's just supposed to throw like yeah. a crisp in the middle. Bam. And it was behind him. It was ahead of him. It was in the ground. And it was really a couple of balls, like, fell out of his yeah. hand. And it, t- it totally fit the narrative. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Look, Hackenberg's terrible. He sucks. And, you know, it crushes players' confidence when this stuff gets out there like that. Yep. You know, but, hey, welcome to the show, right? You're going to have to be You're gonna have to have be used to it. But So who's lost in this mix? Where's A.J. McCarron? Well, are you telling me he can't beat Nate Peterman out for a job when he's been the the backup of the Bengals for all those years. Word, word out of Buffalo is they were they're a little bit underwhelmed by AJ yeah. McCarron. Well, that's still it's still in it's still in the preseason too. He's got time to win the job. Nate Peterman's the one that's uh, number one on the depth chart. Like he's the one working with the number ones. Look, McDermott likes Peterman. He benched Tyrod Taylor last year <laughs> for for Peterman in the San Diego game. They were five and three, and he benched yeah. the quarterback. And you saw what happened that game. We were at the Argos game. Yeah, threw he, four picks, five picks. Five, yeah, four four in the first half, I think. Yeah, yeah he threw five interceptions in a game. Although, truth be told, um, two of them literally were not his fault, and I think maybe even you could argue a third one wasn't. One of them was a. Tolbert should have caught the ball. Like he yeah. threw it to the fullback, and the fullback got all Frankenstein on him. And, <laughs> and, and, and the ball, yeah, the ball went through his hands and tipped right into. There was another one where he kind of threw it a little over the middle of the field. I forget which receiver it was. The receiver was like, "I'm not getting killed for this," you know, and basically sort of put his hand out yeah. and tipped it, yeah. and boom, pick. Yeah, and that got picked. There was one really bad one where he just threw off his bad. He, he threw off his back foot. He just threw like a pop fly up once. But you saw him play at Pittsburgh. He's, no, he's, he's good. a battler. Yeah, he is. He's good. And you know what? The players like him. The 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 team likes him. Look, they like him enough that he's going to be the starting quarterback. I would imagine in week one. Josh Allen will not be the Definitely. starting quarterback. It's him or McCarron. It's him or McCarron. And the fact that McCarron signed a um, two year deal worth five million dollars a year. There's no pressure for him yeah, to play. Yeah, that's the thing. He's making he basically, yeah, he's making low-tier backup quarterback money. Basically, McCarron's just there, you know? And I think McCarron could be decent as well. But. That's the thing. Like, it kind of shocks me. Like, when the Bear, oh, and the Bills went out and got McCarron, I'm like, okay, from what we've seen in the couple games that he played for Cincinnati, he didn't play brutal. He was okay. He's not. He's not going to light the world on fire, but he's not a bad football player. Like I, just, I don't know. But ultimately, you you got to ask yourself. We'll see. Time will tell. But is Nate Peterman better than Tyrod Taylor? I don't know. It's a. You say maybe that. maybe there's an upside in three years. He is, but Tyrod never, Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's a hell of a lot better now. He'll never get there. I mean, Josh Allen is a gamble, and we know that yep. Tyrod Taylor's better than AJ McCarron. Yep. So essentially, McDermott, you just ran. He, he went all in with Peterman. Yeah, you had a playoff team yeah. that you just, you, you exiled the quarterback. 
because you didn't like him. Like, yeah. basically, the the old, well, he's not one of my, my guys. guys. He's yeah. not what I want. He's not, you know. I can tell you, in Cleveland, there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to like him. I, I, that, that's the thing. I think with the Browns' weapons and stuff they have, I wish, wish their win total wasn't uh, as, as high as it is because I would be smashing it if it was the old, old win total well, we before were, it went up. We, we were talked about the shade that uh, we talked about the shade that Tyrod Taylor threw at the Buffalo oh, Bills yeah. last week. Oh, yeah, I got to throw it at Nick O'Leary. When, uh, when some somebody said that. on Twitter to him, yo, uh, looks like uh, Josh Gordon could be out. And uh, he said, I averaged 14.8 fantasy points a game throwing the ball to Nick O'Leary and Charles Clay. I think I'll do just fine with Corey Coleman and uh, with Jarvis Landry. He didn't bring up Najoku or yeah, Carlos Hyde. Exactly. Or, or, they still have Duke Jackson too, don't they? Yes, they do. They still do. And he's great out of the backfield. That's his. So he catch balls out of the backfield. Yeah, the Cleveland Cleveland Browns. Cleveland actually. Browns are trust me, and their defense. It's not going to be a joke. This is if the Hugh problem Jackson is, doesn't screw. Yeah, that's he's a problem. Look, we can approach the Browns like this, Cam. We don't need to bet the over five and a half. No, but we could take a week by week. Yeah, we yeah. could. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, Last, did, you did a really good job there, Maretzi. Like uh, that looks. That looks restaurant quality. I don't know what temperature you put it on, but God, that looks delicious. Yeah, I'll pass you a piece. Hey, here. thanks, pal. <laughs> looks great. Looks really good. Cam's distracted by the KFC. Oh, it's everybody, just, it just smells so good too. It's just awesome. I don't know, man. Well, I, I really want to get in on Cleveland. I, I, I believe in the Browns and this train wreck. Before we're going to see not just a little bit improvement. I think it's going to be big improvement. Big, big, big improvement, Gabe. And I'm not going to be betting the next year as a seven-point dog. So there's going to be a fumble in the end zone by Kaiser to lose. Like, we lost a lot of games in bad, bad. The Detroit game covering the whole time. Like, come there were, on. No, there were a lot of bad there beats. There were bad beats. It's a, don't we talk about Last year, I was actually, level? I was pretty good. I actually bet against Cleveland. I was I was against them. Cam bet on them, like, every week oh, yeah, for was, the first nine weeks. Yeah. I was pleading with them to stop. The Tennessee game is the only game I won. There were a couple of times, though, where I fell for it, finally. Yeah. I fell for that Detroit game. They were they, they were there. That was a frustrating It one. was. And the Jacksonville game, last play. At Detroit, they were the, the Browns were getting like 13 and a half points. I know. <laughs> it wasn't 14. It was, it was 13 yeah. and a half. And uh, Golden Tate, basically. And they, the Browns got out to like a 14 nothing lead right away. I so it's basically one of these deals where it's like, all right, man, we're plus 13 and a half, and we're winning 14 nothing. We've got a nice 27-point yeah, cushion. I have a 27-and-a-half point cushion. <laughs> and then, of course, no, 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 no. Next thing you know, it's like 14-14. Yeah. And then I'll never forget it. It was pretty much like the play that, like, yeah, like, I nearly, I nearly smashed the TV. Yeah. I was watching. I, I had money on them. And uh, if you remember, it was the famous – they moved the ball, right? Like, Detroit scored, and Cleveland actually did a good job. Like, in a no no huddle, they went all the way down yep. the field. And Deshaun Kaiser ran a QB sneak with, like, six seconds left with no timeouts. That was before half, yeah. And they ran. They didn't get, they didn't they get, get any get points. Goal. I know. What a disaster. Yeah, and then Detroit ended up, uh, oh, it was brutal, dude. Like, no, at was... the end of the game, the worst play was, they're covering. They throw a hitch to Golden Tate. The Browns defender slips. The other guy comes over, takes a bat, and like he was deking them out like it was a pinball machine. I'm like, you kidding me? Like that should not like it was the one of the worst I only lost twice. Ever. I lost twice betting on the Browns only. 
And I was like, that's it. I'm out. Like, I got suckered by a lot of points twice, and I got screwed, and they sort of hung around in both games. But then it got to the point where, like, they never covered Cam. I, I'm, I'm going to look it up. I think they were, like, 3-13 and 13 against the spread. Because I remember I had Green Bay. I don't know I if you Green – yeah, Green Bay covered in overtime. Yeah, I don't know if you, you were on Cleveland there. I was. They were leading all game. I was, I know. Deshaun Kaiser threw a pick six with, like, a minute left, so Green Bay tied it. Oh, I know. And then I think he threw another interception yeah. in overtime. Green Bay started getting in the field goal. They got a touchdown in overtime. That was the one, though. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. When Green Bay was down by 10 with, like, six minutes, I bet them. I was like, I've seen this script too many times. Cleveland will mess this up. And, boom, I took Green Bay. And the book didn't give away too much. It was, like, plus 240 yeah. or something at the time. They were down 10 with, like, seven minutes left. They knew it was a possibility. And I was like, oh, yeah. It might have been down 14. I was like, they're going to screw this up. Cleveland will screw this up. And then, bam, they did. It's one of the nice in-game bets. One of my better in-game bets of the year. Uh, the game year. I remember, Gabe, where they actually, and I bet on them and covered, they played Tennessee real tight and lost in overtime, I think, to Tennessee. Yep, yep. And they were like eight-point dogs there. But other than that, I can't really recall them being that feisty pooch. But things, uh, it's going to be a little bit different this year with the weapons. They're a totally, they're a totally different team. I'm just, I'm just really worried about Hugh Jackson. Well, this guy, he gets rattled. Like the in-game management, it's bad because they have the players to be significantly so better. Cleveland last year, four and twelve against the spread. Oh, okay. Still, if you bet against them every week, you won twelve times. Yeah, pretty that's, bad. That's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a lot of bread. You know who was uh, right there is the second biggest money burner? The Denver Broncos. Yeah, they didn't cover a lot last year. No. They were 4-11-1 against the spread. The Raiders were 5-9-2 against the spread. Expect the same this year. Miami were 5-9-2 against the spread. Seattle, 6-9-1 against the spread. Yeah, they didn't cover a lot of numbers. Tampa Bay, 6-9-1 against the spread. Arizona, 6-9-1 against the spread. Did you know... And I've been doing quite a bit of NFL research. Not as, you know, I'm going to start. I, I'm a little bit behind, actually, to be honest. It's actually time to jump into high gear here. But, um, you know, Jameis Winston suspended for yep. the first four games. I'm not really sure it even matters. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. Jameis Winston, same crap. Exactly. So I'm just talking about point spreads here. So last year, Tampa Bay were 6-9-1 and against the spread. Jameis Winston's only been favored 12 times in his career. 12 times in his career. Out of how many games? He's been in the league three years, so. Well, he's missed a few 40-something yeah. games, whatever he's played in. He's only been a favorite 12 times. Oh. You know how many times he's covered as a favorite? Three times. Brutal. Uh, he's that's only covered bad. three that's times as a favorite in his career. That's, that's In his career. Career. Man, that's bad. Yeah, only three times in the NFL was it like, yeah, Winston's supposed to win this game that he did. Out of 12. The numbers don't lie. You know, the, 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 the numbers speak for themselves. Pittsburgh were 7-10 against the spread last year. Because they're big favorites all the time. They got uh, Jacksonville to, took them down early. They had a lot of those uh, yeah. tough games early. Best, best team Actually, against Cleveland covered against Pittsburgh one game. The best team against the spread last year, Philadelphia. They were 13-6 ATS. That's beautiful. The Patriots were 12-7 and ATS, 63.2%. The third best team? The Buffalo Bills. Really? Yeah. Bills covered a lot of games. Ten last six year. and one against the spread. Sixty two point five percent. And I'll tell you what, I'll look at two thousand sixteen and you'll see the Bills were um were not terrible against the spread. Oh, they were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was with with Ryan, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Sexy Rexy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I want to go to a conference. I like women's the year, feet. The, the year before, they're eight and seven and one against the spread. There's nothing like the sweet sensual touch of a woman's foot. I like to rub them. 2014, them. nine and seven against the spread. So the, basically, though, you go back, like, because the Bills have sucked for so long. They're always underdogs. Yeah. Like the Bills historically over the past like five to seven years, Cam. I know because I know I bet them, and, and I, I know all this ATS stuff. Even, They're always nine and seven, eight seven one against the spread. They do better against spread than most teams. That last year, Rex Ryan was a clueless idiot. The guy's punting from like the the opponents like thirty yeah we're on a thirty two yard line in the snow. Well, let's try to pin them, boys. <laughs> so, remember he punted in overtime with like two minutes left in a game once. It was his last game. He basically said, after anyone who knows football knows, you're not supposed to punt there. I trust my defense. The game was tie cam, and the Bills still had a shot um, at the playoffs at the time. And the game was tied. They were in overtime, and it was like two and a half minutes left. And the Bills were on like the 50-yard line, and it was like fourth and four. It was basically the season was on the line. We knew we weren't going to make it anyway. Go for it. it. We weren't going to make the playoffs. It was like, whatever, Rex. You're going to get fired anyways, bro. Just go for it. And uh, he punted. And he he said after, because, oh, yeah, I trusted my defense. I don't know if you remember the play. Now that I tell you, you probably remember. But essentially, Jay Ajayi popped one for like 80 yards in the snow. Exactly. (laughs) Like they punted. Yeah, the Buffalo Dolphins handed it off to Ajayi. Ajayi ran like 90 yards. uh, And then they just kicked the field goal and the Bills lost. And the thing is, he said, oh, I trust my defense. But where Rex is so stupid, the Bills had the lead cap. Matt Moore and the Dolphins marched down the field with, like, 30 seconds yep. left. Like, the Bills' defense was terrible under Rex Ryan. Like, Rex Ryan was just an idiot. You know, long story <laughs> short, he's, he's just terrible. The Bills don't get that respect as a true home dog. People don't understand how hard it is to play in that yeah. uh, stadium. I remember the Denver game where they came in there. The Bills kicked their ass, like, four-and-a-half-point dogs. That's the thing. People don't know. We've been to a lot of Bills game. It is The fans are rabid. It is a great home atmosphere for Buffalo. Hell, Gabe, we went to the Seattle game when the Seahawks were good. The Bills killed them. Killed Wait, them. Did you bake a cake without a recipe or go to trial for public urination without a lawyer? No. Why go into your fantasy football draft without Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package? We have a fantasy Hall of Famer, number one overall accuracy expert on staff, writing articles, compiling rankings, projecting 2018 statistics, answering your pre-draft questions. Our company has been nominated for over 60 fantasy industry awards in the last three years. Go to rotoexperts.com, promo code WINNER.